0: glad I didn't know the way it all would end the way it all would go Our lives are better left to chance I could have missed the pain but I'd have had to miss the day. Holding you, I held everything for a moment. Wasn't I the king? But if I'd only known how the king would fall, hey, who's to say? You know I might have changed it all. And I could have missed the pain But I'd have had to miss The dance It's my life It's better left to dance I could have missed the pain But I'd have had to miss The dance
1: Oh, can you see
2: Hi, I'm Cope Reynolds and welcome to The Shooting Bench, the most radical, right-wing, conservative, no-holds-barred, information-packed, freedom-loving, firearms information program on
0: talk radio. Beginning right you you mess with the U.S. Because we'll put a boot in your ass, it's the
2: American way. i hey, we'll put your name at the top of his list. Okay, there's an old intro I haven't used for a while. It is the, uh, something of March. It is the 9th of March, and, uh, got some new stuff here and a few songs for you and a little bit of, a little bit of stuff here. Let me go and check and make sure all the little, little lights are bouncing and everything is good here, and I think we're good. So, anyway, the, uh, it's still in the news. The bigger thing is the coronavirus. I hate to keep harping on that, but we keep seeing more and more uh, things about it here. And one of the latest things, let me see if I can find, um, let's see. Yeah, right here. Okay, this was in Chino Hills, which I believe is in California. And... Um, Deputies were called there for a, uh, after shoppers getting upset over bottled water shorties. Now I gotta wonder what these people were doing before bottled water. When we'd go to the store and have to fight over it, and there's, cause there's not enough bottled water for everybody, uh, did they shut off the city water or what? There were, you know, I can remember a time when I was good, kid, there was no such thing as bottled water. Unless you had your own bottle and went somewhere and put water in it, then it become a water bottle but uh we're seeing the shortages on uh, I saw a video the other day from uh, a dock somewhere also in California, but they were showing the absence of thousands of shipping containers that were usually there and this is uh, of course also due to the virus. Now the virus itself is may not be quite as bad as some people are making it out to be. I am still concerned about it. I really am. I think that it's uh it does have the potential still of causing a lot of damage, but a lot of the damage also is going to be economic from the lack of uh, the lack of supplies coming into the country from China, from jobs being shut down. I noticed the LDS Church has shut down uh multiple uh, temples and churches in other countries, and actually even shut down the temple in Seattle here a few days ago over this virus. And there, are several different uh, church buildings are uh, eliminating or drastically reducing the time and amount of services that they have there in these churches because Washington and California are the two hotspots. They're the two biggest places in, in the country for this. Although uh, I'm not sure anyone's died in California yet, but there's been at least, I think at least two in no, I think at least eight in Washington and one in New York. We just got a couple of new cases in Pinal County here in Arizona That makes a total of, I believe, four here, or more. I'm not sure what it is here. But anyway, altogether, there's been 30, I think the thing said 3,600 deaths worldwide in this. And that, in and of itself, you know, sounds bad, 3,000 people dead. But still, when you look at um, the problem with this, I think, is going to be coming up as the weather warms up a little bit. I think I mentioned this the other day, but, uh, these viruses do much better in warm weather. And I think when come, you know, the end of May, June, somewhere that we're going to see a little bit of an uptick in, in the amount of cases that we see. But, um, there's even here in Sholo where there's never been a case reported or anything. Amy and I went to the store yesterday and, you know, aisle after aisle. We saw things you know empty empty shelves of course the um a lot of the toilet paper and paper towels and stuff were were in diminished supplies a little bit, and uh, a lot of the groceries the shelves were were literally bare, and some of them were you know I had to get down on my hands and knees and look way, way back in the back and I found some things that we were looking for so this is this is gonna continue. And, you know, in another, another 30 days, you know, maybe even just a couple of weeks, I think it's really going to start to have an effect on, on people, uh, in their, their homes and their jobs and their, you know, even their, uh, I don't know how to put it, their relationships with their families and other people where there's going to be, you know, short tempers and arguing and and all this kind of thing. You know, we're seeing it in in isolated areas now. So I think that in another couple of weeks, we're probably going to see that pick up quite a bit. So we'll see what happens. They still don't have a uh, uh, vaccine for it, so they say. Now, I'll tell you what was interesting. I've got a... You know, ever since from the very beginning, there have been people here that have claimed that this was a uh, intentional bioterrorism thing, where they've created this with the intention of creating havoc and and uh, multiple deaths in in some areas. But I got, if I can find it here, there's a quote, and I actually have the the whole speech by this well there's several it's a it's a meeting it's not a single speech but here's a quote from this speech and this is part of their um, quote-unquote secret plan to weaponize viruses and this was a quote from a minister minister general I guess the Chinese defense minister General Chi Ho I think is how you say that I'm not sure and he says, we are not as foolish as to want to perish together with America by using nuclear weapons. Only by using non-destructive weapons that can kill many people will we be able to reserve America for ourselves. The answer is found in biological weapons. And I've got a link here. I'm sorry I can't post it on the chat room for you. But um, I do have a link actually to that speech. So you know what I, I still hate to jump to conclusions over that but that may very well be what's happening the whole beginning of this was kind of suspicious how it how it all started to start with uh the uh, United States army now has halted all 8th army soldiers and their families from moving to and from South Korea including the soldiers slated to come uh slated to come to the US to attend professional military education of you know advanced education stuff of different kind all due to the virus and there was uh I thought there was another deal here. Um I posted a deal I think I put it on my web on the on my Facebook page. It was from Zero Hedge and their their information is all I've never had a problem with them. And it's a it's a long long article, and it talks about in these universities come up with uh, they set up I think seven different scenarios of what could happen in different things, including everything from wind patterns to uh, you know travel restrictions and they added all this stuff in there and out of these different scenarios. The very best one that they could come up with was 15 million dead. So 15 million still won't be as bad as as many of the epidemic, flu, the pandemics we've had uh, over the years. But this is
1: uh,
2: a little bit different this time due to shipping and travel and everything. And this could create, not to mention the panic, but this could create a tremendous amount of uh, panic of uh, uh, economic distress here. And I think one of the most important quotes out of here and this is something that I have I haven't budged off of since this started, but there's a quote in this article that says sadly many Americans are not getting prepared for a potential pandemic because they've been told over and over again that this virus is nothing more not more any more dangerous than the flu. That is definitely not true. As I explained the other day, the flu, this is him talking, not me. As I explained the other day, the flu usually has a death rate of around 0.1% each year, and this virus currently has a death rate of 3.4%. So, obviously right now it's, it's one point something, 1.5 or 1.8 here in the United States, uh, the biggest uh, the majority of those are in China and, and Japan and Korea and it's starting to hit Israel and, and some other countries. It was in 37 countries last time I looked. I don't know what it is now. But, uh, it's moving pretty quickly. It, uh, doesn't seem to be quite as, you know, to the forefront of the news, uh, mainstream news as it, as it was. But, um, it's still there. There's still a concern. There's still people working on it. And, uh, the, the things we've seen as I keep hearing all these, all these, uh, bio experts on Facebook saying that, yeah, it's no worse than the flu and, and this, that, and the other. But in, in my memory, and a lot of times I didn't really sit down and study it real closely, but I don't remember the military ever taking the actions that they have over this last uh month here. I don't remember a lot of the precautions being taken for this. Now, I, I have to wonder if all of the precautions that have been taken are simply due to the panic um, from the... uh you know, social media and mainstream media and stuff like that, or if the military would have done the things that they've done regardless of what the media says. So I don't know what uh, exactly is is going on here, but it is a cinch that something is going on. There's, um, let's see here, trying to find another quote here for you. I may have deleted that one. I don't know. But I think that uh someone, you know, asked me about what we do to prepare for something like this. You know, we've talked about it numerous times. Uh The masks are good to have. Don't go overboard. If people have gone overboard and just bought, you know, bushel baskets full of them and take them, you're not going to wear those things every day all day. Uh we, we talked about having the goggles in conjunction with the mask and the gloves and all that stuff, but you know, it still boils down to good hygiene, keeping your hands clean, uh, staying away from crowds. That's going to be a big thing. Staying away from crowds and not traveling unless it is absolutely necessary. I don't mean, I mean any travel, any, any travel that involves being around people is put that way. Um, When when people travel, oh by the way, colloidal silver. Good article on colloidal silver. Damn, colloidal silver versus uh, coronavirus. Really good article I got on that the other day, and all it does is is confirm to me what I've been saying for years. There was not one new thing in there that I wasn't already aware of but uh, i was I was real glad to see that out um, where it's more than just people like me saying it that there's you know laboratories and doctors and stuff and doing tests and and uh, confirming stuff that we've told you for years um, the The other bad thing about travel is you may be the epitome of of Health, good health, and make this trip and nothing happened to you, but there is still that concern of, of, uh, people going and, and, and taking that virus back to where they came from. It may not affect them, may not show up. Remember, you know, they're still saying that it's two weeks or so before the symptoms show up for this. So there's no reason to believe that when you travel that you could not possibly carry that with you without even knowing it. And you get back and everything's all hunky dory and then pretty soon your, uh, your school, your work, your family, your everything is infected because of that. So I don't know. It's, um, it's a lot of, a lot of tough decisions to make. People have to travel because of work and because of, you know, sports and, and whatnot. A lot of the sports, um, the big sports venues I've seen are, um, what was it I just saw the other day? Amy, do you remember what I was? I told you about that. Sports were not a not allowing fans to do something. I don't. I, I dang it. it. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what it was, but anyway, um, you no, know, my uh, our, our oldest daughter has in their, their family has made the. Decision not to allow kids into organized sports this year. Now the reasons were, were family reasons, but I think that this may have been a blessing in disguise. So I think that especially where they live, that it's such a, a, uh, concern up there that by keeping those kids out of these places where there's so many, you know, parents and kids and and staff and and everything else. It seems to me like when the sports start and the weather warms up, I can virtually everything but but promise you that there's going to be a big upswing in the uh, amount of cases that we see in this so we'll we'll leave that where it's at for right now, and you guys can uh make up your own mind It won't be long before you'll either be um, it'll all become crystal clear one way or the other to you that it was all a big hoax or that uh you heard it first here on the shooting bench all right well let's let's move on here. There's constitutional carry bills coming up in um, three states now. Alabama, Tennessee, and Utah are all looking at constitutional carry. We had a couple more uh, new states we mentioned last week. And, uh, you know, we're going to be looking at uh, 20, 19, 20, 21 states here that's going to be constitutional carry if these three pass. Uh, and like I said, I've told you before, it's it's not a constitutional carry is still a misnomer. That is not true. They are permitless carry, but uh you know they can call it whatever they want, as long as they get this stuff done, it's okay. All right. Now speaking of some of this gun legislation, let's look here, let me go back and check something here real quick. All right. Alright, we can let that go for just a second here. Um, which one? Let's let's go with this one here, and then we're going to come back after the break and talk about this other deal. This was in San Diego. SWAT team there wound up in a shoot off, shoot off standoff with a shooter, not a shoot off with a stander, standoff with a shooter. And so uh, the shooter actually fired a few shots at them, and they did not fire back, which uh, they got to be commended on. Usually doesn't take much for him to fire back. But come to find out, the shooter, the guy that was uh, the cause of all this was a 10 year old boy. He had uh, caused some problems in the home and was uh, acting, behaving erratically with, while he had a knife and a hammer and, and so the police came. Came tried to talk to him. He ran off into the shed in the backyard somewhere and grabbed a shotgun and, uh, come back out and went to blazing away at the cops. I got him even go blazing away. He fired, uh, three or four shots before it was over with. And they did not fire back. They managed to, uh, to talk him down and get him. They took him into, um, into, um him over to, took him into protective custody and they're gonna do a mental health screening on him, find out what the heck's going on with him. But anyway, that's not, uh, not something you see every day. Um, also in there, in that same area, two teenage boys, 16 and 14, arrested for assault and carjacking. And there's just a lot of stuff going on in San Diego right now. Okay, there's an interesting, uh development here in the gun legislation world and i'm going to share that with you here in just a minute so we're going to go to a break and i'll be back in a little bit and we'll talk about that so stay with me i'll
1: be back
3: From the corner of my eye, I saw you and you laughed. You were sitting on a swing on your front porch, painting your nails like you were bored. And in me, I was doing James Dean You was the prettiest girl I've ever seen When you hold your eyes and twirled my paint for that eyes. Well, I ain't first class, but I ain't quite trash and wild and a little crazy too Some girls don't like boys like me Oh, but some girls do There's someone for each of us, they say Well, I ain't first class, but I ain't quite trash I'm wild and a little crazy, too Some girls don't like boys like me Oh, but some girls do Well, I ain't first class, but I ain't quite trash I'm wild and a little crazy, too Some girls don't like boys like me Oh, but some girls do I said some girls do You know some girls do Like boys like me You know some girls do
1: This is a uh, island that at its widest level is, what, 12 miles from shore to shore, and at its smallest level, uh, or, or smallest uh, uh, location, it's uh, seven miles uh, between one shore and the other. Is that correct? I don't have the exact uh, dimensions, but uh, to your point, sir, I think Guam is a small island. Very small island, and about 24 miles, if I recall, long. So So 24 miles long, about seven miles wide at the least widest uh, place on the island, and about 20, about 12 miles wide. uh, on the widest part of the island and um, I don't know how many square miles that that is do you happen to know I don't have that uh, figure with me sir I can certainly supply it to you if you'd like yeah my, my fear is that uh, the whole island will uh, become so overly populated that it will tip over and uh, and capsized. Uh, we don't anticipate that the uh, the Guam population. I think currently about 170. 170-
2: Welcome back to another segment of the shooting bench right here on the survival circle radio network okay I'm back got a couple of interesting things for you the uh, over the years we've
1: talked about
2: uh, I don't know how many different times so the one that the most notable one was a uh, TSA agent, a uh, female agent that left her, uh, Glock 22 laying in a bathroom in a, uh, airport, I believe it was Atlanta. And I left it laying in there and some customer found it and, and, uh, turned it in. And it's happened to numerous times and it's, you, you it's, I'm sure there every once in a while there's, individuals, you know, citizens that have left their gun in the bathroom, and, and, well, I'm sure there are. But I don't remember if we've ever talked about one of those on the show or not. But while we're on the subject, I can tell you one here. Let me go find this right here right now. Here we go. There were three young girls went to the bathroom, was, I believe this was a private school, and lo and behold, what do you think they found in that bathroom? Well, a, uh, an off-duty cop had left the gun. I, I can only assume, I, I hope that the cop was a woman, although it doesn't say. It says an off-duty police officer is under investigation after they allegedly left a gun behind in a school bathroom that was discovered by three young students. So that first sentence looks like they're trying to not give any more clues than they absolutely have to as to who this officer was. An off-duty police officer indicating one individual is under investigation after they allegedly left a gun in there. So anyway, then it goes on down here a little bit and says three young girls told the teachers they found a gun in there. This was in, um, well, it was a Chicago news station, so I don't know if it Yeah, it was. Chicago, Chicago police officers, so it was in Chicago. Um, they said the cop worked there as a security guard in this private school. And then it says internal affairs investigation was opened at school. Officer will likely face some kind of discipline, but will not will most likely not face any criminal charges. Well, nothing happened, so you know I, I can see some some uh, serious disciplinary measures here, uh, up to and including being fired. But uh, criminal charges, you know, I don't, I don't believe in in uh, charging somebody when when nobody was hurt when those victimless crimes are. Are a big problem these days. So, anyway, the three girls that found it they said were unhurt, and and um, officials couldn't be reached for coming. I'm sure they could be reached. Well, so you just go down to school and ask them. But the last sentence here says the police officer who is allegedly involved has not yet been identified. So. I don't believe that. It may not be identified by the news station, but they've been identified because there's only so many police officers working at this private school at that particular time as a security guard that's missing their gun. So I'm pretty sure we can narrow that down pretty quick. So it says uh, uh, an internal investigation was opened. Uh, if, If it was an internal affairs investigation... It says the, this investigation was opened at the school. But they still say they haven't identified the officer. So I say that they're full of it. If you only ask know the truth here. All right, this is an interesting deal here. You know, I, I've told you when, when Trump was going about his rampage here over uh banning bump stocks and stuff. I think that this was a a knee-jerk reaction to what happened in Las Vegas. And like some of his other remarks concerning guns, I think it is uh completely due to a lack of education, a lack of knowledge of the constitution, lack of knowledge of of, you know, liberty in and of itself and and, uh, you know, gun laws as they're written, he just has some advisor and counselors telling him what he ought to do and he doesn't. Uh, I, I do believe that he has this country's best interest in mind and anything that he has done is because of a lack of, he, he's somewhat proven that with the red flag laws when he said, um, that he was all for it, supported it. Then he come on, uh, probably two, three, four, five months later. I don't remember how long it was, but um, and said that there would be no red flag laws. That he did not support that. I think that someone has adjusted his attitude a little bit with a little bit of knowledge, and I think that's the case with a lot of our public officials is a lack of knowledge of the Constitution. So anyway, Judge um, what's his name? Uh, Gorsuch? Gorsuch? He, uh, after he, you know, Trump used all his powers of the presidency to ban bump stocks and all this kind of stuff. He did this through, I think, I'm not positive, but I think through executive order. But anyway, you have to ask, you know, where was Congress when all this was going on? This is the job of the legislative branch to take care of stuff like this, not the executive branch. Especially when you're talking about changing federal law, this is not something that, that ordinarily a president is allowed just to just to jump up and change on a whim. So the um, Supreme Court opinion or the Let's see. Yeah, the agency justified its actions by invoking a it is, controversial Supreme Court opinion that says the executive should enjoy broad deference when interpreting the mean of ambiguous federal legislation. And the court was called on to look at these... Uh, Review this law, the the construction of this statute as it was administered, and the bump stock rule says the court looks to the framework set forth in Chevron U.S.A. versus Natural Forces, Natural Resources, Defense Council. So just a few days ago, Judge Gorsuch, Neil Gorsuch, threw a little monkey wrench into things here at the Trump administration for. Unilaterally writing, rewriting federal gun laws. He said that the agency used to tell everyone, used to tell everyone that bump stocks don't qualify as machine guns. Now it says just the opposite. The law hasn't changed, only the agency's interpretation of it. And that's the problem with, with, with the ATF and the the DEA. That's the problem with every federal agency out there. They operate primarily under the color of law they wear a badge, they carry a gun, they have a title of a federal something-another, agent, officer, judge, whatever, and people just do what they say. And that's exactly what happened here. If you don't do what they say, you go to jail because you are not breaking the law, but you're hurting their feelings and making them mad. So they send you to jail over it. So the... uh Uh, What the judge says, how, uh, I love this quote here, he said, after the law hasn't changed, only the agency's interpretation of it, how in all of this can ordinary citizens be expected to keep up, required not only to conform their conduct to the fairest reading of the law that they might expect from a neutral judge, but forced to guess whether the statute will be declared ambiguous, And why should courts charged with the independent and neutral interpretation of the laws that Congress has enacted defer to such bureaucratic pirouetting? I love that quote. I think I'm going to save that. How in all of this can ordinary citizens be expected to keep up? We've been asking that since 1938. Or 34, I mean, 1934. Uh, how are we supposed to keep up with all these things? You know, if someone, uh, there's no telling how many laws that you break every day, how many felonies that you commit, you know, at least weekly, especially if you're a gun owner. There's so many little things, you know, you can't just, you can't just wake up one morning after having been in a coma for 25 years. But other than that, being a, uh, uh, Fine, upstanding, law abiding citizen. And you can't just get up and go mess around with your guns and, and not commit multiple felonies. You just don't know. You don't have any idea. You could, you could actually provide the book, the statutes for this, uh, ex comatose person and say, here you go. Don't do anything that'll get you in trouble. Here's the laws. And do you think they can read that and interpret it and, and, and do everything exactly a hundred percent correctly? I don't. This statement by, by, uh, Justice Gorsuch came attached to the Supreme Court's denial, uh, of, uh, let's see, a guy named Guedes, Guedes versus BATF. This guy had challenged the legality of Trump's bump stock ban, and he lost before the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. District of Columbia circuit, which said the ban was entitled to judicial deference under the Chevron precedent, like we said a while ago. The Supreme Court today declined to hear the case. So when you want something heard, you want to change something, you can't even you don't automatically get to do that supreme court just said, "Nah, we've been messing with this stuff too long. It's just it's late. It's Miller time. I don't have any intention of of uh, messing with this any longer." Other courts of appeals have acted actively considered challenges to the same regulation. Before deciding whether to weigh in, we would benefit from hearing their considered judgments. So it's um I am real anxious to see where this goes. It's probably going to be weeks before we hear any more about this. But um, you know, the ball is rolling. It's in, in set in motion here. So I'm going to really try to keep an eye on this and, and uh, bring this, you know, more information to you as I'm able to. So let me check my, there we go. We're good. All right. Let's move on. Let's see what else we got going on here. I know we got a lot of stuff going on. There is the constitutional carry stuff. We figured that and we did that on San Diego, 10 year old guy. This was, in this day and age with, with Facebook and, and, uh, so many dirt cheap cameras and, and ways to document stuff and everything, There should be an absolute um, foolproof is not the word I'm looking for, but that's the word I'm going to use because I can't find the word I'm looking for. So we're going to say a foolproof law that says that officers must, number one, have body cameras. Number two, they must have those on and recording At every call that they go out on, number three, they must not, under any circumstances, turn that camera off. And Chicago police officers here, they say the uh, sergeant ordered Chicago police officers to kill their body cameras during a raid of a wrong house. After some investigation, this news company found... That, uh, they've identified 51 different raids where they were at the wrong address. Wrong, something was wrong with the raid. So, I don't know what Chicago's law says about body cameras. They've got them, but I don't know what the, what the law actually says there. So depending on what the law says, at the very least, this sergeant should be disciplined heavily for ordering these police officers turned turn it off. And number two, every one of these officers should also be disciplined, but not quite as heavily. They're following orders, but they were, you know, it's like uh, um, the, uh, well, I'm having a hard time thinking today. Anyway, just following orders is not a, uh, a good defense here. So they should have, number one, disobeyed the order. And number two, turned this guy in that told them. And number three, turn these cameras over to the uh, authorities here to their, to their command and, and let them know what happened. So these body cameras right now could, Alleviate a lot of problems on both sides. Not only the, the, the brutality sometimes that committed by the police, but also the attacks on police and the lies that, uh, uh, so frequent that get, trying to get police officers in trouble when they haven't done anything wrong just for trying to do their job. So those cameras protect everybody. And at, at this, to this day, I don't understand Why, since most departments have those now, and uh, you better believe that if I am able to, if I am fortunate enough to secure this position as sheriff here in Apache County, that there will be some policy changes there on on what goes on with uh, these body cameras. I don't know what the current policy exactly is, but uh it will uh conform with my ideals here I guess what anyway, starting to trip over my trip over my tongue, so I guess I better leave that one alone here oh, we already covered this, and the bottled water riots here. <laughs> The, during those, those riots, we go back to the, to the bottled water thing. You know, we got off kind of on a tangent there about what we thought was going to happen with the coronavirus. But on this, on this particular case, it said after speaking with Costco staff and checking with customers, deputies determined that no crime had been committed. No other issues had been reported. So they came just for a, uh, uh, scuffle. You know, I'm just, a... you know, people were upset and and um actually, I don't even know that there was a scuffle there was some some uh hollering and shoving a little bit and trying to uh find out what happened to the water um, as people get the they start experiencing these things, the emotions are gonna run terribly high. And it's, it's not going to be the fault of the people at the store. It's not going to be the people, the, the fault of the people that drive the trucks and deliver to the store. And, you know, it's not going to be the fault of the shippers that deliver to the warehouses where the trucks get the stuff and deliver it to the store. It's going to be, uh, primarily it's going to boil down to the people who have panicked and bought all this stuff, you know, have, Cases of toilet paper and bottled water sitting in their, in their back bedroom to get through this coronavirus thing. People are scared to death. So that's, that's the major problem right there. They, the same thing happened. We saw this, uh, for quite a while with ammunition. Remember back in, uh, when was it? Probably 2008, seven, eight, nine, somewhere. Uh, May have gone on longer than that. It was our own fault. We became our own worst enemy. The you know, Winchester, for the first time in history at that at that time, had put on three shifts working round the clock, making ammunition, where before it was a you know, whatever they run, eight hour a day, twelve hour a day, and shut things down and for, you know, maintenance and resupply and whatever they do. And then started back up the next day. But they had, had them running, uh, 24 hours a day. So it weren't that they, it wasn't they weren't making enough. Uh, it, well, I guess it was. They were, let's rephrase that. They were making it as fast as they could, but we were buying it faster than they could make it. And that's what's going on with bottled water and toilet paper right now and hand cleaners and, and, uh, masks, N95 masks and, and, uh, you know, whatever else is people are buying up here. The, uh, the, the wipes, you know, it's funny that the baby wipes, a lot of those are, are designed to kill bacteria and stuff. There's still plenty of those. But if you look at the more, uh, the, what would you call them? More the industrial style wipes, not just the, the disinfecting wipes. A lot of those, that's something that you need to watch out for. A lot of those are not designed for hands. They're designed for counters and shopping cart handles and, and, uh, you know, payphone receivers. You know, good luck with that. But, you know, hard surfaces that, that people touch, that multiple people touch. Uh, even your, even your car doors and steering wheels. I mean, you know, anything that, that anybody else may have touched. That's what these other, some of these cleaners are for. So the hand sanitizers, the little bottles of uh, alcohol based hand sanitizers are, are pretty much non-existent. Certain types of cleaning products and a lot of these, uh, these, uh, wipes that you get. The one, let's see if I can find the one that, uh, that I, I was fortunate enough today. I use them a lot at work. I always keep a big, um, um, jug of those things. Uh, there's a round container, a cylinder full of them in, uh, in my truck. Uh, I use, I'm sorry because I'm, I've got a news article come up here about a guy that was killed on a motorcycle and it was a friend of mine whose uh, nephew was killed there. So I'm going to have to check on that later, but, um, i use those those things all the time and they are you can only get them at walmart as far as i know i wish i could find them somewhere else and they are called as soon as i bring this up here there's two different styles of them you can get them in a uh, package uh, the flat foil type reclosable package the whole 25. It's called, you, you can get, they have the wet ones. Everybody sees the wet ones, okay? Those are not necessarily the ones I'm talking about because they they work maybe just as well, but they're smaller, thinner, and uh, not nearly as effective as these. The ones I'm looking at are called wet ones, big ones, and these are thicker. They're uh, dimensionally larger, and they come in, a, in a packages of 28, or they come in a a uh, tube of um, 65, and that's the one. So the last three times I've been to Walmart, I went to look for some, and I couldn't find them, and today, I was fortunate enough to find an empty box. That was the closest I got. So we'll keep checking. We're not trying to stockpile them, we're just uh, uh, trying to Get the ones that I use for work all the time. So if it comes down to it and you you can't get anything like this, well, what you can do is make your own hand sanitizer. And what you could do, well, let me show you how to, how to make this first. Get a, and I don't know where you get the, the amount of aloe vera gel that they're calling for, but you need a third of a cup of that, two-thirds of a cup of rubbing alcohol, and then you can put whatever type of essential oils or something in there you want to make it smell pretty. So you take, um let's see what the, let's see, you put five drops of each, okay, about five drops of each of the essential oils in there. And, uh, there's other things, you know, tea tree, tea tree oil, lavender oil, or, or whatever. And you mix all this together and you have, your very own hand sanitizer. What you could do is put those in a, uh, and I've done this before, but not with this particular formula, but you could take a roll of paper towels and cut it in half and um, put it in a coffee can and put enough stuff in of this formula in there to make all the, the towels moist. So it soaks it all up. Not that it leaves a, um, a big wet pile of it in the bottom of the you know puddle of it in the bottom of the can but you just want all the towels to be moist you could put those in there roll it around and get them all moist and then lift that into another can if you wanted to but anyway this would give you your very own wet wipes of whatever size you want them to be and uh, if i don't get the the uh, stuff that i'm looking for here before long i may have to resort to that myself but Anyway, once again, two-thirds of a cup of rubbing alcohol, third of a cup of aloe vera gel, and a few drops of essential oils to make it smell pretty. You mix all that together, and you have your hand sanitizer. Or you could always just go to the sink and wash your hands in soap and hot water. I mean, yeah, soap and hot water. But this would be a good thing to take with you. You could put it in a small bottle and just have some. You know, when you go shopping or whatever, there, you find that you're not able to, Find anything else to use. Well, that's what you could use. All right. Let me see where we're at here. We are just about to run out of time. So we're going to call this, uh, we're going to call this good here. Let's see. I think I got all my, got all my things taken care of. Oh, I did notice here. This happened about, uh, two weeks ago that a community now was, was heartbroken after someone had destroyed their their 9/11 memorial. They had um, quite a quite a nice little memorial up there, and there was a, a statue of a cop, kind of a plaster, Paris type thing, or concrete or grout of some kind that they had uh, tipped over and broke his head off and everything. Now, I don't know why in the world what possesses people to do uh, stuff like this, but. Uh, this guy that came up with this idea, um, actually, th- this is the saddest part. This was a guy, his name was Dick Quintal, I think is how that is, uh, lives in Plymouth. And um, he took out a second mortgage on his house to make this monument a reality. And then Sunday... The police told him that it had been vandalized. The statue of a police officer that stood alongside it for 15 years, tipped over and damaged, um, and talks about some of the other things that happened. So, I don't know. I I don't even know what to say with something like this. This is so so frustrating, it's unbelievable. But, be that as it may, I think what I'm going to have to do is sign out here. I have a meeting to go to, and then I'll be... Um. well I'll be out here so we'll see you Wednesday good night and thanks for joining me well that wraps up another edition of the Shooting Bench join me Monday and Wednesday from 8 to 10pm Pacific and again on Fridays from 7 to 10 for the Shooting Bench Good night, thanks for joining. No
1: explanation, no reconciliation. No, let's talk it over. Number I can call, goodbye says it all.